0: Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson. Today, I have someone who I am so excited to have because she is talking about something that we need to talk about. This conversation does not happen like it should. I am going to let her introduce herself because I do not want to do a disservice. So everyone, I want you to welcome Rihanna Milne.
1: How are you? Hi, Anika. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm so glad to have you here today. Can you tell listeners, even just get started on who you are and what you do?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, Where to start? Um, I took the traditional route of being a psychotherapist. So I got a triple master's in applied clinical and counseling psychology in year 2000. And um, one of my projects, I did a thesis project helping the kids inner city kids from Atlantic City area with a program called Ventner Teen Vision and noticed that what I was doing to build resiliency and self-esteem in those kids really helped and they all were presenting with a lot of different trauma from home now that's when my trauma work started happening Um, I also loved a coaching model which is more educational service oriented motivational and taking action solution focused So, I was more of a coach than a counselor. In 2009 and 10, I became certified at RCI, Relationship Coaching Institute, to help singles and couples with life and love coaching. Then I went through my own situation with a man that I adored. I did marry him. um, And through the process, I mean, everyone thought we were so in love. Everyone wanted to be like us. We were so happy. We had three wedding ceremonies. One in Paris, one in Cancun, one in Atlantic City with our four kids standing up for us. Um, But then it came out as a principal that he had a secret life. He was on porn on the computer at school. He was having an affairs. He was really acting out. He was a whole different person than what I thought I married. So I did stand up for myself and got my own annulment, served as my own attorney called Pro Se. And uh, the family court judge said, Miss Milne, In 32 years of being a family court judge, I only granted one annulment and yours is the second. And as he was leaving uh, in tears, he said, I don't know why I ruin everything I love. I sabotage everything in my life. And my mind is clicking through. It's not borderline. It's not bipolar. It's not this. It's not that. I said, you know what? I'm going to figure out what it is. And then I'm going to let you know. So that was a part of my healing that I needed to also tap into forgiveness. I'm also an interfaith minister, so spirituality is very important to me. So what I uncovered was the first sign of it was ACOA, which is adult child of an alcoholic, which he was, but there was more to it. And then when I dug deeper into his personality and other people that I knew, whether I dated them or had a relationship with them, there was many more traumas. So I developed my childhood trauma checklist. And there were 10 traumas that I found very common that were destroying relationships, that the traumas occurred when they were young as children and then they would sabotage themselves in love or life as an adult. So this was the checklist I had been using for years and then the Kaiser Permanente group from San Diego came out and I saw their ACE checklist And we have some things in common on there and other things we don't have in common on our list. So today with your listeners, I'll go through what the 10 common childhood traumas were that I found that tended to impact adults in life and love. The Kaiser study did show that 90%, 89.9% of adults, all have one to three ACEs. So to me, it's also the same childhood events and I think more people have the ten traumas that I'll be talking about so for the listeners who's curious to do this exercise I say get a sheet of paper and write three columns and the first column what would be me if it happened to you second one would be partner someone you are currently with that you're struggling with or someone that has a lot of mood disorders you're not sure what is going on or someone that you were with in the past and put down partner and the third column is parents and then, and then you can put mom, dad, or both as we go down the list. So would you like me to hit on that list, Anika?
0: <laughs> I'm just sitting here shaking my head scared. Go get it, Okay.
1: Here we go, girl. Here we go. First one. And now again, while you were young and growing up, this is not about shame, feeling embarrassed or shameful that this has happened to you. It's just a fact. Either it did or it did not. And it's not about blaming your parents either because your parents did the best that they knew how. It does show the studies that childhood trauma definitely goes through the generations. So if your parents had trauma, you know, they came from a traumatic background, and that's why you ended up with it as well, because they were doing what was modeled to them. Okay, so the first one is if you had any addiction in your parents. So of course, we know drugs and alcohol, and those are the only two cited on the ACEs test. But there's, you know, there's many more addictions. So that could be a sex addiction porn, eating, hoarding, spending, gambling, gaming, TV watching, workaholism. Now there right off the bat is 11 addictions that could really have impacted you as you were growing up, okay? Second is verbal abuse. They also mentioned witnessing domestic violence, your parents yelling um, back and forth at each other, verbal abuse, but also coming towards you. Now we know the yelling and screaming. But this, I also include verbal put-downs, not being complimented, not being told I love you, Um, saying you'll never amount to anything, you're up to no good, your opinion doesn't matter, anything that makes you feel small and significant, not heard. It also means stonewalling, meaning they'll shut down and not talk to you for a couple of hours or days to punish you. Those are form of my verbal abuse. Third is emotional abuse or neglect. Now we all know the severe types of that, but their study also shows you know, if you're a nine to five mom and your child goes home after school to an empty house, that's a form of neglect, you know, even though we're working to support the family, if you're a single mom. Uh, the next one would be physical abuse, being bit beaten in any way, um, rape or molestation. Okay, any of those. Uh, next one is abandonment. I define two types of abandonment. One is a fault abandonment. That would be, let's say a parent just leaves the marriage and you never see your father again, or there's a divorce and he's um, yeah, inconsistent. He'll say, I'll come and see you. And then he blows it off or he's late or he just doesn't show up. Or when you are there, he ignores you and watch football game all weekend, right? So there's different forms of fault abandonment. And no fault abandonment would be if you go off to serve in the military and your child is left alone. I know you come from a military family. So did I, Anika. Um, So that's if you serve in the military, if a parent happens to die early, or if your dad or mom travels a lot to support the family for their work. Now, my dad was a Colonel in the Air Force. He was also a CIA and FBI. And we learned that when uh, he got sick of cancer And we got letters from Ronald Reagan and William Casey, who ran the FBI at the time, and thanked my dad for his many years of services. And I remember as a little kid saying, when is daddy coming home? So there is a form of abandonment in these military families, okay, that a lot of people don't even think of that. That was not in the Kaiser study. Next one, um, needing to live with other families, even grandparents or aunts or uncles, family, friends, because your parents can't take care of you, or you're, if you're adopted or part of the foster care system. That's the next one. Trauma number seven for me is called personal trauma. And this is a big one. Most people have some form of this where you didn't feel good enough, you didn't fit in. You might've been an overweight child or a skinny and gawky child and you were teased. Um, you weren't part of the cool crowd. <laughs> you weren't chosen for the sports, You know whatever that felt like. You might have been born with a medical condition like asthma or been diagnosed ADHD in the schools. These kids feel different. They feel like they don't fit in. That's trauma number seven. Trauma number eight is sibling trauma. That's if your sibling had a medical condition and commanded more of mom's and dad's time and attention, or they might have bullied you, or most likely they were perceived to be the golden child, meaning that they might have been more intelligent, more handsome, more attractive. Um, better in grades, something was going on that they got more of moms and dads' love, attention, compliments, that type of thing. Trauma number nine is family trauma, but from the other list, I brought in community trauma too. Now, community trauma is our school shootings, our mass shootings, loss of home by flood, fire, hurricane, volcanoes, you know, all these natural disasters happening where, you know, we lose everything. And of course, this is upsetting to adults. Can you imagine little people whose brains and emotional regulation is not there? This is high PTSD for kids you know, to go through these types of things. And then family trauma would be um, growing up in a dangerous neighborhood or with lack and poverty. Um, you know, uh, The military families moving every two to four years in the, in the USA, that's a big one family trauma, a parent being incarcerated. Being incarcerated was on the Kaiser study. So, you know, there's a little bit here and there where we meshed, but my list came from working with kids in the schools, many of them. I was in charge of the emotional health of these kids. So we had what I called, quote, the friendship group. Well, these were the bullies and the kids that were tormenting other kids, and there was 10 of them in there, and nine of the kids had a parent incarcerated. So that's what led me to add that to my list, you see, because I actually worked hand in hand with these kids. There were two little boys that were being brought up by their grandmother. The mom was a drug addict on the streets in Atlantic City. The father was, nobody knew where he was. So he was raised by this grandmother who was angry being left with these two young boys. She was wet, very elderly and quite sick. So she had very uh, little ability to raise children. And we were told that she was punishing by hitting them on the genitals with metal trucks. So here is the physical abuse matched with needing to live with another relative that did not know how to parent these little kids. So I saw a lot of the worst of the worst in South Jersey schools. Um, And the trauma work then evolved with my own situation. And I said, I am feeling PTSD symptoms I was frauded, you know, he had this addiction. But, and then when I looked at his trauma list, he had all 10, and the severity level from zero to 10 were either nines or tens. So at least the understanding could lead me to understanding what he was dealing with and why he was so upset saying, I ruin everything in my life. I lose everything I love. I don't know why I do this. That was the answer. He had severe childhood trauma, and he never got the help because the health. Help does not exist until I develop some programs to help couples, women, men, teenagers heal this anxiety and move forward in life with the education they need to have healthy and happy, emotionally healthy relationships.
0: You are a breath of fresh air. Of fresh
1: air. <laughs> it's a lot, right? It's a lot to absorb.
0: I absorb it all because the thing that people don't understand is that you can't have a healthy relationship when you're unhealthy. And yeah. in all of these, you know, schools and in, in community and in drug addiction and all these treatment centers, prisons, that is the commonality is that you have broken people and broken people who are attracting broken people. And then they That's don't right. understand why. The relationships broken. In. So initially, I ran away from marriage therapy counseling, you know, when I was trying to pick a track because I said I don't want to deal with relationships. But the more I listen to you, and the more I've had to work on a, a marriage with a military man, I mean, it's breaking open every bit of yes. everything that you every every category that you just hit on. Um, when you're
1: talking military and think about it: these people who don't feel good enough, they will go off into jobs where they feel like heroes. Validation. Our soldiers, our police officers, EMTs, our firefighters, many of them, and I treated many of them in Atlantic City, mm-hmm. you know, came from the childhood trauma families.
0: Yes. They
1: wanted to feel important, so they picked a job where they could feel important.
0: And they don't understand it's untreated still. Right. And that's, and that's the conversation I have all the time is that you can get all the accolades in the world, but if you never deal, it's not dealt. Right. And to you cannot avoid this because it just creates a catastrophe not to mention that you are bleeding on everything in body that you touch
1: well then you add the PTSD from serving right in an active war zone on top of the underlying unconscious traumas and now you've got a big fire brewing Um, and other things that can come out from unhealed childhood trauma I'll name several of them because this is what I'm constantly dealing with in relationships. Let's talk about jealousy mm. uh, and control. That comes from not being good enough, feeling good enough. So, trauma number seven you know, if you're always picked on, or bullied, or made fun of, you didn't feel pretty enough, or handsome enough, or fit in. So you might have changed that. Let's say it's a male and you might have changed that and got the muscles and worked out, but the underlying core little child is still wounded in there mm-hmm. and that has not been fixed. And then that's when they go to control because they didn't feel they could control their environment as a kid. They grow up wanting control. Now this is what police officers do. They want control on the job,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: others that have other type of positions, this is why I have a lot of clients, very successful women in business, but struggle in love. Uh So they prove themselves, got out of the house, proved who they were. See, I'm smart. See, I've got this great position. Mm -hmm. But then they keep having failing relationships or attracting people that also have childhood trauma Mm -hmm. and um, because that has not been brought up. Um, Lying. Lying was a coping mechanism. Let's say little boy had an F on a test and had get it signed. He goes, oh my gosh, I'll get beaten. Well, I'll change it into an A. And then he quickly learns, well, if I lie, I can get out of my beatings. This is my survival tool. So then they become brilliant liars. And then this is the person say, why are you always lying? You you don't even have to lie about that. That's the littlest thing. And lying just becomes a way of life, Mm -hmm. you see. So um, people pleasing is a big one for women. Uh, so women, let's say she grew up with an alcoholic, angry mom hung over in the morning. So to keep the peace and her not yelling and screaming, the little girl would get up and get all her siblings dressed for school, make all the lunches, clean the kitchen before she got out to school, just not to hear any wrath in the house. So she, she learned people pleasing. She got love. Mm -hmm. But this would be the couple that comes in and the woman says, oh my gosh, I do for everyone. I do for my husband. I do for my kids. Nobody says thank you. Nobody does for me. And she's burnt out. She's resentful. She's angry. She's not feeling sexual because the guy doesn't pitch in because she does everything. But that's her way of showing and getting love. But her boundaries are all thrown off. But that was her normal. So people grow up to do what they learn that this is normal and it's often not.
0: And I love this because you've tapped on different seasons of my life, Um, Mm -hmm. but I also like to mention that a lot of you talked about women, insecurities, jealousy, and control. A lot of people appear one way professionally and are Mm -hmm. totally not personally. I was talking to somebody I coached this morning and I said, you know, you can see a lot of people who excel professionally because they're seeking that validation. Right. personally, in relationships, they're attracting something completely different because that confidence is not there personally.
1: Yes, they, they want, and this is, uh, I go over the red flags in my program. There's 36 red flags that the person you could be falling in love with is what we call toxic or dangerous, right? So, you know, one of the signs is that someone always always texting you and calling you or someone that grew up with some abandonment issues or a dad that never paid attention. They're like, wow, he really likes me. I love this. Finally, someone that gets how to show me love. Well, then the the, the sweet spot is the first four months and four to nine months. This is where the studies show things start really breaking down or there's control entering in or jealousy. And this is often after... Um, moving in with each other, getting engaged, getting married, or have a baby. Mm -hmm. This is the four transitions in life where things go really awry. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And mine freaked out after a marriage, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, So it, it was like over two years of pulling research from all over the place that I created my coaching programs for singles and couples. So I have the two books, Live Beyond Your Dreams from Fear and Doubt to Personal Power, Purpose and Success. And that's 328 uh, pages about the mindset for success that you need to really incorporate. And I just told you I was watching um, a brain trauma show. You know, I'm always looking for the latest and newest research. And that's totally tied to that as well. And then the love book, Love Beyond Your Dreams, break free of toxic relationships to have the love you deserve and your listeners can get free sample chapters of that on my website com. and there's a couple love tests there too and the ability to reach out and talk to me if you are indeed concerned or seeing these patterns of toxic love we we do know the domestic cycle of violence right there's that period of love romance and flowers mm-hmm for about two weeks, and then it gets bad again. And then, you know, and you just keep cycling and hoping that you fixed it each time and it's never going anywhere. It keeps staying stuck in that toxic cycle. So those are the couples that I work with. They don't have to be married, younger, older, doesn't matter. But you know, they keep saying over and over again, we just can't fix this.
0: And I want to ask you a question. I want to highlight a couple of things because, you know, I really like to emphasize that most women's businesses stem from a pain point. And you talked about yours um, Mm -hmm. from childhood to your marriage. And a lot of us, you know, we're seeking a resolution and we, we don't find that particular solution to us. And we create these amazing things. I also hear you talking about evolution. You're continuously digging for research and digging for growth. And you're, you're, You're tailoring your programs to modern times. You're staying up with the game. You are Uh constantly adding tricks to your trade. (laughs) And I think a lot of people are missing that and they wonder why they get stuck in their business. They, They don't appeal to people. But everything that you're talking about and working in the prisons and working in treatment sectors, I really want people to understand that what you're talking about is the real deal. You are breaking this down in a way that I think anyone can understand Understand because psychotherapy is extremely um, it's intimidating to a lot of people. Yeah, they hear those sure. words and they freak out, you know, just like you talk about narcissism and psychopathology. And a lot of people, they are so afraid, but it's going to take more of us digging to get to the bottom so that we can break the cycles of addiction and the cycles of abuse and the cycles of failed relationships. I mean, you look at divorce. I grew up by a single mom. My dad left when I was six. He pursued Mm -hmm. his military career and never looked back. Mm -hmm. And it was hard for me because I grew up with a mom telling me, never need a man, be strong, do everything you need to do. And here I am, almost 40, and I'm trying to figure out how to need my husband, you know? So when I look at everything that you're talking about me, I'm having to start from scratch. Even as a psychologist, it's different when it's about me.
1: Yeah. The mindset and the messages that we received as little children are really, really potent. Again, they were survival tools. Mm. So we learned to really count on them. And you know, in this brain research I'm doing now, it it says the most important thing, they're talking about nutrition and vitamins and getting the toxic air out of her environment, the toxic water, everything. But they said the most important thing is this positive mindset for success. Now, keep in mind, my book, Live, came back, was written in 2008 and came out in 2009. Mm -hmm. So the techniques that I use for the positive mindset for success, I taught my children as they were growing up. My daughter, Alexi Panos and Stefana Farrell are now 35 and 36. Alexi now speaks around the world on personal transformation. I made over a million dollars last year with no college education. So the, the skills for life can be taught when you break the cycle of teaching, you know, things that will not be empowering to your kids. Yep. And they both have wonderful marriages and I have three grandsons, <laughs> you know, so they have children and, you know, they're very happy young people and, uh, and we're very close in our family. But their 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 father was quite toxic. Mm-hmm. So I divorced when they were four and five. But I, and I all the research said one good parent can raise successful children, and I was determined to make sure that happened for them. I love so that. you know it was not an easy road, but I was doing this research from parenting. Then I'm in the schools, and and then you know it all just one built on to another, mm-hmm. and then my psychotherapy practice and all the clients that I saw in 20 years of having a practice, um, they, you know, when I discovered the childhood trauma piece, it all related back to all of them. I'm like, here it is.
0: Yep, That was
1: the big open box for me. Wow.
0: What's funny is because you have a lot of people who are working from adulthood on and they're never tapping in and you have a lot of people who are reluctant and say, this doesn't relate to what I'm here for. And I tell everyone, if you are peeling the onion, you can't peel it from the middle. You gotta start you know, from the bottom up, Exactly. that, that really explains a lot. And I'm glad that you're here because this is something nobody's ever come on my platform and talked about. And it's something that a lot of, it's very new. Yeah, it it is. It is, but it's very relevant. You know, um, it's hard to find psychologists and psychotherapists um, at all now, honestly. Um, You have a lot of people who are really putting their emphasis in other areas, but this is something that we need to fix our community. And, Mm You know, when you come from a relationship perspective, it's really important because most, I know a lot of, if they're not failed relationships in the terms of divorce, they're failed in the, the sense that these people are together and miserable.
1: Yes, and I wanted to mention too, uh, we were talking about before we pushed the play button, (laughs) record that the schools are sorely missing the point. Now as a SAC counselor, SAC stands for Student Assistance Counselor. Initially, we were hired to handle drug and alcohol issues in the school. But we got all the emotionally upset and challenged kids, so the ADHD kids, the oppositional defined, the bullies, the kids that were being bullied, all the ones that were emotionally upset. and I worked at every grade level from kindergarten all the way through college. I was a sack at Rowan University and a school psychologist at a Hackensack High School in New Jersey. So all those kids I saw, you know, were on the high trauma line. And I can tell you, if you want to end school shootings and these these horrible catastrophes and the suicide rate that keeps going up every year, then you must have people dealing with the trauma of these kids at every grade level. And people say, do you really need it at elementary level? Yes. That was a war zone when I went in there.
0: Kids are comm- committing suicide. We've had two in the state of Alabama in the last month, ages 8 and 10 years old.
1: That's, that's tragic. It really is. And, and if they had someone that noticed the signs in the school and would educate the teachers to watch for the signs, that's what I did. I did teacher education every month. You know, I did district-wide ins, ins, you know wide, uh, presentations that are about meeting and reaching the emotionally upset child and how to get help. I mean, they're just missing the point. They're dealing with it after the fact. Instead mm-hmm. of being proactive, they're being reactive.
0: Exactly. And I would
1: say the first person to be hired in these schools today should be the SAC counselor. So I just wanted to, to give my two cents on that.
0: No, because I agree. Because yeah, time- we were
1: laid off due to budget, you know, and it's, and it's like, the training but they kept matters. football, you know.
0: Don't get me started. You yeah, know. I mean. Ooh! <laughs> yes because in florida that's the thing is that nothing matters except football yeah but but the thing is is that our minds matter um and i want you to emphasize um you have a live radio show um and a podcast can you tell listeners about those those
1: thank you for bringing that up it's called lessons in life and love and it's monday night live on bold brave media channel 11 um monday night six to seven eastern time and you can call in and ask me any questions for free and then it gets made into a podcast. And my podcast, Lessons in Life and Love, is on every app. And I have uh, the .dot .com, Lessons in Life and Love.com, where you can go on my website and see, you know, listen to all of the podcasts there. And then I'm also on Alexa, the daily lesson in Life and Love, which is a two-minute lesson about life, parenting. I just did a whole series, two-week series on parenting. Now I'm starting um, creating your own business, um of course love love i've done love for about 20 weeks 25 weeks and i switched over to parenting now i'm starting on business so there's a big variety there it covers life and love and from the psychotherapist point of view and you know a coaching point of view
0: i i thank you so much for what you do because it is extremely important i appreciate it and i i I will do my best to educate the world on on the importance of what you do, because I know a lot of people, especially single moms, and, you know, coming from the perspective of thinking that love is a privilege or a healthy relationship is unattainable. I really want to change mindsets because I was that person that didn't believe it because I never had a good example of a healthy relationship growing up. Even, right. even, even now, you know, I can count on one hand how many I see that I say I want to be like that. Um, and we have to start changing our norms because for just a norm sure. it doesn't mean that we have to accept it. And so, I really want to thank you for what you're doing, and I will definitely um, share your information on my platforms and and send some people your way. Whether it's any of these, I mean, you have a multitude of of ways of obtaining this information. Ways of contacting you and ways for people to learn and grow through you. So, yeah,
1: mostly through the website, RihannaMiln.com is where they can um, meet with me. And, you know, don't worry, I don't only deal with the trauma, I then tell you how to have that emotionally healthy, evolved, and conscious love relationship. So if you're single, you're going to know what to watch for when you're out there dating. You're going to know the 14 personality types that can break your heart, so things you want to avoid, and then the questions to ask to decide if you are meeting with somebody who is emotionally healthy and would be a good partner. So that's the singles. And then for couples, I analyze each one, where the childhood traumas came from, and that is usually the roadblocks, how to have more empathy towards your partner about their unhealed wounds. Then we start healing them and the couple gets stronger. They know how to re-communicate and communicate in a whole different way. And the friendship grows, the bond grows, the safety grows. And then they learn what are the elements of this great relationship? Because nobody taught us that anywhere. What makes up that emotionally healthy relationship?
0: And that's those generational curses right there.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So we like to break them all.
0: Yes. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here. Um, can you tell listeners your website one more time?
1: Yes, it's my name, Rihanna Milne.com. It's R-I-A-N-A-M-I-L-N-E.com.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thanks,
1: Anika. I thank appreciate it.
0: All right, listeners. Thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of Your Voice, Your Power. I'm Anika Wilson. Stay powerful.